0: Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Thank you. really appreciate the music this morning. So good. So good. Did y'all feel the Innocence Index drop when those kids walked out the room. (laughs) I mean, they're just so sweet. My goodness. All the things they've never had to worry about, never had to apologize for. They're just sweet. And uh, it's nice that you love them so, and you do. Well, it's nice to be back. You never know how the vote's going to come out on you know, whether you get to come back or not. But you always count on somebody being gone when they take the vote, and you might, might get to come back. Uh, we've had uh, a good uh, life at our house in the interim. But it's good to be back with you part of my homework was to watch the videos the last four weeks. And uh, there were some magical things about that. One was, it seems like when Matt is preaching, he gets to go 40 minutes.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe y'all just hit your tolerance quicker when I'm preaching. That, uh, that, but anyway, uh, it was really a blessing uh, to look at all that. I want you to know that what you're doing as a church is going on everywhere. That a part of the coming out of the pandemic, a part of coming out of the isolation, a part of coming out of the disconnection, uh, is that churches all over are going back and saying to themselves, how do we reset? How do we restart? How do we find our anchor points that we had? Or how do we uh, come back and and rediscover the need for anchor points? We didn't even know we needed them as much as we do until we found ourselves disconnecting and floating in a pandemic fog and so it is not uh, surprising it is not unusual it is exactly appropriate that the leaders of this church have come back to you and said that what we started to do at the beginning of 2020 is exactly the thing we need to do now that we need to talk to one another about how we love first about how we work having experienced isolation, to know how violent isolation is to the human heart and the Christian soul, and to move to create avenues of fellowship and connectedness. I was really glad that the second point was not isolated combat. which is a whole different thing that happens in churches sometimes, but that's never good. The notion that you would equip families, that you would value the notion that each person, even if they're living in a 600 square foot efficiency alone, gets to be treated with honor and respect as a family unit and gets to come and integrate into the great family of God in the life of the church and know what family is, and that single people and widowed people and widowed people are invited to the family. So that when you are in your gathering circles, whether you're a an instrumental or a non-instrumental, or as I say, fretted and fretless, um, that, that there would be this sense of connection that a music preference cannot interrupt, that we are a part of the great family of God, and in that way we are always connected. I, I love it that a part of that is to live sacrificial lives, to demonstrate that we are not caught up in ourselves, but because of Jesus. I love that in uh, the, uh, the panel, uh, Chris uh, mentioned the verse that I had preached on out of 2 Corinthians 5. The love of Christ compels us because we know Christ died for all and, and in Christ all died, that they should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died and was raised for them. So that, that sense of, of selflessness and then the notion of transformation. Sweet. Sweet. I, uh, I know that transformation sometimes in church is presented as an option. That maybe you hear, well, let's go to our gathering circles and that will help us in our Christian formation and maybe like this afternoon the thing with the roots uh, initiative that that some will go to there and and they will uh, find avenues to greater uh, spiritual maturity and and you can choose those as you wish but you cannot choose whether or not you will have a continuing transformation in the presence of God. You can't choose whether or not to have a continuing transformation in the life of the church. You cannot choose whether or not you have a continuing transformation as one indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit making us by His very presence, members of one body, and in that body are given gifts for the sake of the body and ministry of the body in the world, and the fruit that is born of the spirit, love and all the aspects of love, joy, peace, patience. No choice about that. When we chose to be buried with Christ in baptism, we chose a life of continuing growth and transformation in Christ. So to be able to say this is an emphasis in the church is in a sense a, well, of course. But we understand this. In some religious communities, all that is expected is your body in the seat and your check in the plate. That is not what the church that belongs to Jesus is about. We are committed to being continually formed in the image of Christ by the work of the Spirit for the glory of God, for the benefit of our own souls, and for the sake of others. And so we're committed to that. In that in that regard, Um, There is some preaching that's going to happen. The next uh, six sermons you hear, counting today, are going to be from Ephesians 1 through 3. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to churches. They kind of hung the name of the biggest town in the region on the letter, Ephesians, Ephesus. Second largest city in the world at the point Paul was there, 250,000 people. Home of the temple to the goddess Artemis or Diana, if you want to use either term. A place where Acts tells us when people came to Jesus, they brought their magical books. They brought their incantations. and mystery books that were associated with idol worship, and they burned them, and the value of them was 50,000 days' wages. 50,000 days' wages. That's where there was almost a riot. That's Ephesus. So when Paul is in prison, he writes a letter back to the people of that area, because he wants to say some things about them that will anchor them. And I want to begin with the first 14 verses this morning. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. He shows his apostle card. I've got the right to say this. Apostle, here it is. to the holy ones, to the saints, later people added in Ephesus, to those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 3 down through verse 14, these 12 verses In the Greek language, and when Paul wrote it, it was one sentence. It was like Paul took one deep breath and went, I'm going to tell you a bunch of amazing stuff about what we have in Christ. (sighs) Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And he goes on. And so let me read. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment in order to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him... We were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory, and that you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed and were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now we could talk about a week about these things. You could do three or four hours on redemption but let me tell you three things that I want you to take home today. Three things that I want you to have in your heart that will lead you to say, well, if those things are true, I'm going to church. If those things are true, I'm going to be in a gathering circle. If those things are true, I want a continuing transformation. If those things are true, I might show up at three o'clock. That these three things ought to unhook you from being stuck and allow you to flow in the great river of the work and presence of God in the world, in the body of Christ. The first thing, three times in these verses, he says that what's going on is to the praise of the glory of God. That these things that are rich and good are to the praise of the glory of God. Our adoption through the plan of God in Christ is to the praise of the glory of God. Those of us who have put on our hope in Christ, the people who are living in hope, are to the praise of the glory of God. That those people who have the Holy Spirit as a deposit in them who are living into the great and final redemption of all things in Christ, are living to the praise of the glory of God. Imagine, what is the purpose of your life? I live to the praise and the glory of God. In our our songs today, did you hear the lift as we were being called into worship and called into glory. And it's not meant to be just in the music, but it's in the life. It's in what goes across our our kitchen tables. It's, It's what happens in our offices. It's what happens when we're teaching school. It's what happens in all of the places we go and the way we love those around us and the way we love the unlovable to the praise of the glory of God. Today, I will live to the praise of the glory of God. Today, I will love one another and to the praise of the glory of God. You can run down those five elements today. I will Love to the glory of God. Today I will connect to others to the glory of God. Today I will live as a family and invite others into my family to the glory of God. I will be a selfless individual in the world to the glory of God. I will be a continuing transforming person to the glory of God. What are you doing? I'm living to the glory of God. Why are we here to the glory of God? You think he had a point? Yeah, tattoo that on your arm. Second thing is did you notice how many times he says in Christ? In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Every now and then he throws in a through Christ. In Christ. From his prison cell, which is confining him in some way, he wants them to know that he actually lives and they actually live with him in a different space. And the space that he lives in and lets them know they live in is the space in Christ. That's the location. That's where You live, that's where God was at work, in Christ. Let me run barefooted through these really fast. There's only 12 of them, there'll be a test. But don't worry, when I was teaching, all my tests were open Bible, amen. You know why I had open Bible tests? Because life is an open Bible test. Verse one, To the faithful, in Christ Jesus, it's where they live. We have every spiritual blessing, verse 3, in Christ. We are chosen before creation in Christ. I'll say some more about that in a minute. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ. according to the pleasure and will and the glorious grace which He's given us in the one He loves, verse 6. Verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood. Verse 9, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ. The mystery of salvation is in Christ Everything is going to be brought together in heaven and on earth under Christ. Verse 11, In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in every way. This notion of being predestined, everybody gets all fired up about that. Am I, am I, am I destined? Am I, am I already lost and just don't know it? Am I saved and they can't do anything about it? What is it? I don't know. In Ephesians... Christ is the predestined one. Christ is the predestined one. What we do when we come to Jesus is we move into the predestined one. Our life is a matter of choice. We get to choose. But Paul says, if you're smart and have the brains God gave a gopher, you will choose to be in the chosen one. Be in the chosen one. Come be in Christ. Verse thirteen, verse twelve. We put our hope. Our hope is in Christ, the risen Lord. Verse thirteen. And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. You were marked in Christ with the seal of the Holy Spirit. In Christ. That's sweet. That's why I kind of like to be... I don't, you know, you can be in lots of churches. I don't care. Be in a church with various labels. You know, uh, Our Lady of the Perpetual... Something, I don't know. The Daughters of I Will Arise. Um, but I kind of like being in a church that's got the Jesus label on it, you know? The Christ label. What's your church? Well, I go... I don't want to be, you know, the Church of Christ is fine, or the Christ Church, or, or family of, of Jesus, or, you know, that's just me. If somebody asks me, where, what's your church about? Our church is about being in Christ, and living in Christ, and living in the hope that we have in Christ, and living in the plan of God that was established in Christ, and living marked by the Holy Spirit, giving us, given us because of the work of Jesus Christ. It is in Christ, that the very last day when God finishes all he does, in Christ, we'll stand there. In Christ. And maybe we'll look at each other and go, in Christ? Yeah. In Christ? Yeah. In Christ? Yeah. In Christ. Yeah. Third thing. All the yous in this text are Plural. Evangelical Christianity often is extremely individualistic. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. You know, that, that, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm going to, me and Jesus just going to go out on the boat and have church.
1: Uh, all these
0: pronouns are plural. You in the vernacular, perhaps you all. Or seriously, plural, all you all. All you all. Plural. We have gone through a time where people can kind of come in and, in the comfort of their own pajamas. We've all done that. I mean, I've done that. It was what we needed to do. It's what we had to do. It was what was important to do. But as time and opportunity and good, thoughtful reflection on the power of disease allows us, it's gonna be time to come together. It's gonna be time to come together and experience the joys of the plural in Christ. That we are together. And this church First service and second service is together, under one set of leaders, under one ministerial staff, under one set of goals and purposes in the world. There's not going to be a mark on the box that goes to Panama that says, packed by a a cappella person. This was packed a cappella, or this was packed instrumental. This was packed as Hillsong sang oceans over it. May God bless us all. And may we constantly have a, a thought in this church of what all of us is. And one of the places that can happen is if, if people in this service and the people in the first service will, will meet in the gathering circles. You may have to have a secret handshake, you know. You might have a rule. No harmonica playing in the gathering circle. And maybe no humming. Together. So that we can be truly you in Christ to the praise of the glory of God.
1: Let's stand together. Christ, we do all adore thee and we do praise thee forever we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. For on the holy cross hast Thou the world from sin redeemed. Adore Thee, and we'd praise Thee forever. Go in peace.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Facebook. You can find and like our page at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.